Warner Brothers is proud to present the story of a guy. Morning. I'm here. And his bike. James Bond kind of stuff. Together for the first time in their first big movie. I meant to do that. I am your host, John. And I'm Justin. And this is the Average Movie Podcast for Average Movie Fans by Average Movie Fans. And the bar is now open. Welcome to episode 68. How are you doing today, Justin? Uh, I'm here. <laughs> Once again, conspicuous by his absence, Kyle is not here this week. Um, hopefully he'll be back soon. But let's kick it off. Let's kick it off with some. Well, it's not exciting movie news, but what's happening in the yeah, world of movies? This movie? is not. This is not yeah. exciting movie news. Yeah. Gee, it's uh, rather dark of you. Yeah. But uh, Breaking Bad, Better Call Saul, Ace Venture, Pet Detective, Actor, Mark Margolis passed away. Eighty-three earlier this week. Um. So, it's a good actor. Everything he was in, he was yeah. always played that cranky old guy. Yeah. Hey, some people are just meant to be cranky old guys. Mm-hmm. And also, um, Oscar-winning director of The Exorcist and The French Connection, uh, William Freakin, passed away today, actually, um, the 7th of August at 87. So our condolences to both families and friends and fans of Mark Margolis and William Freakin. Um What's your favorite William Freakin movie? Oh, I'm going to go with The Exorcist. Yeah, that's what I was going to say, too. <laughs> so. But. <laughs> <Go to. laughs> a little bit of movie news. What do you got, Justin? Oh, we also have Christopher Landon going to be directing Scream 7. Uh, the Happy Death Day and Freaky filmmaker will take over duties from Radio Silence, which helmed the previous two entrails. Have you seen the last two movies? Uh, Scream? No. Um, have you seen Happy Death Day or Freaky? No. Okay. <laughs> um, it'll be interesting to see what he can do with this franchise. I mean, the last one was okay. They kind of had a few twists and turns on it, but I, hopefully this is the last one. But um, let's get into our picks of the week. I'll start us off. My pick this week is Trapped, 
which came out September 20th, 2002, was directed by Louis Manduki and stars Kevin Bacon, Charlize Theron, Dakota Fanning, and Courtney Love. Have you ever seen Trapped? I've never heard of it, I don't think. So, I remember seeing this movie in AIT on Fort Jackson with a couple battle buddies and for years could never figure out the name of this fucking movie. And yeah. finally figured it out. I just remember that it starred Kevin Bacon. And it's basically about a little girl gets kidnapped and they're trying to get the ransom from the parents. And a real mind twisting. Like Kevin Bacon. That. Kevin Bacon plays the lead bad guy. Courtney Love plays his girlfriend slash other bad guy. And like Courtney Love is with the husband on a business trip, seduces him, and Kevin Bacon's trapped in the house with the wife. Well, I think it's Courtney Love's brother has the daughter. Um, very interesting movie. Outstanding performance by Dakota, uh, Dakota Fanning. Um, so, yeah, that's my pick of the week. What's your pick, Justin? My pick for this week is Taken. Originally released January 30th, 2009, directed by Pierre Morel and stars Liam Neeson, Maggie Grace, Katie Cassidy, Famke Jansen. Um, this is, I mean, this is just a good little, you know, kidnap action movie. Um, Liam Neeson did great in this. Um, I, just as I was watching it. You know, spoiler, spoiler alert, one of my movies I watched this week. Um, <laughs> I mean, you could you could really see it, you know, on Liam Neeson's face. And he did really good on this one. Um, it's just enjoyable. Um, it's just him going through and killing a bunch of people. Yeah. Um, yeah, that's a good movie. Uh, you know, it spawned one of his famous catchphrases. And if it's mm. a particular set of skills, I will find you. Um, plus his voice like really added to that whole thing too like mm-hmm. like well, what's his daughter in France or something yeah Paris yeah, or, yeah. yeah it gets taken and they spun what it out they spun it out to two sequels and so alright what have we watched this week Justin start us off uh, I've watched Taken Take- oh uh. <laughs> I've watched Pee Wee's Big Adventure. Uh, good thing. Um, <laughs> uh, I watched Twisted Metal too. Um, that was pretty good. Um, Samoa Joe does pretty good for not having a speaking part. Um, but doesn't Sweet Tooth talk in the movie? So that's not. Yeah, good. he's voiced by Will Arnett. Oh, okay. Um, which, yeah, you know, he, it's Will Arnett. Um, <laughs> so, that. Um, yeah, that was it. And that's on Peacock, I believe. Um, yes, Peacock. It is on the Peacock. It, that's one that's definitely on my list to watch. But um, So, I watched The Prom Night Remake with Brittany Snow. Good movie. Hoobie um, Halloween, the Adam Sandler Netflix Halloween movie. Seen it, yep. Knock Knock with uh, Keanu Reeves. That's just a fucking twisted movie. You ever seen that? 
No, is that the one he only, like, he got duped into doing? I think so. Yeah. And it's, like, two girls show up at his house, and they're like, oh, you know, we're lost, can you help us? And he lets them in, next thing you know, they fucking take over his life and ruin it. And... No, that... there's one he was a bad guy that he got roped into doing, because he doesn't like being a bad guy. <clears throat> Oh. And then I won. I continued my Ice Cube adventures and watched Friday and Fist Fight. Have you ever seen Fist Fight? Yeah. Yeah. Um, I watched the documentary American Nightmare Becoming Cody Rhodes, which was also on Peacock. It's interesting. It tells his story from when he started being Dusty's kid and moves on to, you know, going leaving and going the independence and coming back and is it a wwe story or is it a him story or is it kayfabe is it a little bit of both is it wwd wwe put it out but all right then okay it's wwe truth gotcha no they covered <laughs> everything they had from you know oh they'll cover he... it all but they'll they'll put their spin on it there really was no spin on it and that's good you know, they talked about a lot of stuff from, like, behind the scenes, you know, of AEW and um, how he was kind of jealous of all these people saying they were Dusty's kid, like Seth Rollins, Charlotte Flair and all that, when he was really Dusty's kid and, and talks about how Vince McMahon flew to his house to get him back. So, um, and then I watched... Pee-wee's Big Adventure. Well, actually, I watched Pee-wee's Big Adventure with Hunter, and he wasn't impressed. Neither are my kids, but, you know. But maybe if I showed him Pee-wee's Playhouse, he might be a little more in tune with that, because this was a little more of a... I mean, it's... It's a Tim Burton movie. I mean... Yeah. <laughs> I mean, we'll discuss it. Be love Nightmare Before Christmas, so... You know, um, we'll discuss it as the movie, you know, because that's our topic of the week is Pee-wee's Big Adventure. Um, and we are dedicating this episode to the memory of the star, Paul Rubens, who passed away on July 30th, 2023. Um, yeah. So. All right. Let's get on to our main topic. Pee-wee's Big Adventure is a comedy film directed by Tim Burton, starring Paul Rubens as the lovable Pee-wee Herman. The movie follows the quirky and childlike character Pee-wee as he embarks on a cross-country adventure to find his beloved bicycle, which was stolen by a mysterious thief. Quirky, but that's okay. Released date August 9, 1985. The screenplay was by Paul Rubens, Phil Hartman, and Michael Burhall. Uh, distributed by Warner Brothers, Warner Brothers Pictures, with a box office of $40.9 million domestic. Uh, this movie is currently not streaming on any platforms, and it is rated... Let's see, every week I forget at least one thing to write down. Rated Check PG out. for... It doesn't say why, but it was rated PG. It's a, it falls under. I the assume category. for large Marge. Um, <laughs> sex and nudity, violence and gore, profanity. 
even though I love how they have um, frightening, intense sequences and apparently Large Marge is quite frightening. Oh, yeah. I, so I jumped over that scene for my kids. Oh, really? Yeah. Hunter watched it and all he said was, wow, that reminds me of Crazy Nana Patty. Yeah. I was like, oh, Jesus. He's like, but don't tell her that, so she doesn't listen, so it's all fine. All right, have her listen to this episode. Seven oh, yeah. Six. Yep. Um, so the film starts out, we're at Pee-wee's house. Oh, it starts off with a dream. Pee-wee's winning the Tour de France, or whatever bike race, on his red bicycle. Tour de France. And, and then he is woken up by all the crazy contraptions and gadgets that he has in his house. Um, growing up, didn't you wish you had a house like that? It makes your eggs, fresh squeezed orange juice. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I'd, I'd rather just have the money that it probably took to build all that crap. Jeepers. Yeah. I mean, good lord. What did uh, he do to have the money to have this bike and this house and I know. all that fun stuff? Must have had rich parents. Yeah, probably. He dresses like he did, you know, wearing that gray suit with the red bow tie and the penny loafers. And, um, so it, it was kind of funny watching this because then when he sits down at the breakfast table, he has a nice bowl of Mr. T cereal. Mr. T. <laughs> and it was funny because Saturday night while watching SummerSlam, uh, Hunter and your brother Billy were talking about Mr. T, and he goes, oh, remember the Mr. T cereal? <laughs> and then when I saw it yesterday, I was like, oh, yeah, look at that. So, yeah, basically, it's Captain Crunch. <laughs> yeah. Like, a lot of cereals back in the 80s and 90s were just mm -hmm. offsets of other types. Yeah. Uh -huh. Um. So then we see his biggest love of all, his red bike. Um, let's talk to, let's talk about some of the things in his house, you know, the the egg maker, the orange juice. I love how he waters his yard, his yard with the, uh, yeah. you know, neighbors aren't that tolerant these days. No, no, they're not. But then again, <laughs> I, you know, these days, if you wasted that much food, good Lord. Oh, yeah. Pancakes on the ceiling. He makes five pancakes every morning, takes a bite out of one, you know. Makes a smiley face with the eggs and the bacon. and Doesn't eat most of it. Half a box of cereal. Well, you um, get the toy. Yeah. So, so now Pee-wee is going to run his errands, which is the magic shop. And... That clown always sticks out to me. Yep, I think like, the clown is part of the PG thing too because they, they do he, they do play him really like creepy like. Yeah. <laughs> and inside the joke shop or the magic store, whatever it is, when he puts on the X-ray glasses and he looks at the girl and he's like, hmm. <laughs> like yeah, that's. <laughs> not <laughs> yeah. Okay, you got that down. Um, you know, and then he's got the uh, spinning bow tie. Mm -hmm. Well, uh, if you're okay. going to wear a bow tie. Yeah, it's, it's got to be spinning, I mean. Um, Hunter's a big fan of bow ties. I don't know where he gets That's not me, so I don't know where he gets that from. But 
So after leaving the magic shop, Pee-wee heads over to the bike store and sees um, Dottie. 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 Dottie, yeah. Sorry, bad with names. Um, And picks up his one-of-a-kind air horn for his bike, which is louder than most's. And he kind of foreshadows the end of the movie in this scene. Do you know how he does that? I wasn't paying attention to the this part. So, oh. <laughs> no. So, <laughs> when he walks in and the uh, motocross guys are in there, he says, oh, I can't tell you. It's like top secret, like James Bond stuff, which kind of foreshadows uh, yeah, the end of no, the movie. Okay. Yeah, yeah. I, I didn't, I I'd never that. put that together, but... Uh, so after an extensive chain job to his bike, he returns the find. It has been stolen. Runs back inside to the uh, bike shop. Dottie, it's gone and collapses. Which then in turn the police arrive, but he gets little no, little help from them because there's nothing they really can do. Yeah, I mean, that's that's fairly true to life. Yeah. <laughs> Unless you have some kind of, no, these days, some kind of GPS tracking system on it. Yeah. I mean, nothing they're going to do. So. And back in the 80s, they didn't have that kind of thing for bicycles. Nope. So the police asked the question, is there anybody you know wanted your bike? Instantly, he thinks of Francis. Mm-hmm. So he sets out on the quest to re- recover his bike. Let's talk about Francis. Um, definitely a character. Definitely someone you want to punch in the face. Snotty rich kid, you know. Well... Because earlier in the movie... My dad says I can have anything I want. Yeah, slap the crap out of that kid. Francis Buxton, played by Mark Halton. Um, Yeah, so earlier at the beginning of the movie, Francis tries to buy Pee-wee's bike because it's his birthday, and his dad said anything can be bought. So Pee-wee goes to visit Francis at his house. Knocks on the door. Who opens the door but Professor Tenru Tanaka? But Professor Tanaka. Who was also in another movie we covered recently, Last Action Hero. <laughs> Callback. Uh, asked to speak to Francis. He says no. Shuts the door. Pee-wee knocks again. The guy opens the door. What? What's that? What was, that? what was the? What's knocking on your end? Oh, I knocked on the table. Okay, sounds um, like you hit the microphone. No, I just knocked on the table. Yeah. Oh. Okay. Um. Thank you. Yeah. So he shuts the door again. Then he knocks again. Well, he doesn't knock, but a knocker knocks on the. Like, mm-hmm. who carries all this crap with him? Pee Wee Herman. Pee-wee gets in, finds Francis in his oversized pool slash tub playing with his ships. And 
proceeds to attack Francis. Yeah, I it, 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 so someone stole your prized possession. I'm pretty sure you do. Well, the same I thing. mean, he he's making accusations, you know. Well, I mean, when that morning he said, you know, I'm gonna buy it, and then, no, 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 you're not gonna buy it, and he's like, oh, you're gonna be sorry for this. I mean, that's that's a threat. So if it disappears within a couple hours of somebody saying you're yeah. gonna, you know, that's definitely the first person I'm going to. <laughs> so. I love how he just walks into the tub in his suit, mm-hmm. and you just see his feet walking, and they proceed to fight in the pool or in the tub until uh, Mister Buxton, played by Ed Hurley, uh, Harley Hurley, and Professor Tanaka show up, banging on the door, and go ahead, bust down the door, and. Pee-wee tries to escape once Tanaka goes through the door and falls into the pool. And Francis claims he did not steal the bike. So, what what are your thoughts at this point of... Well, I mean, no hard feelings. He gives him some gum. So, I mean, he's a nice guy, you know. <laughs> you know he feels bad for accusing them. Um, so yeah. he gives him the joke gum. That's always fun. I mean, it, 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 that, that's the first person I'm going to go to. Like I said, you threaten me, I'm, I'm going to come to you first. And, I mean, that, that guy, he plays that Francis character so good. Yes. I mean, you, you really want to slap the taste out of his mouth, but at the same time, it's like, you know someone like that. Everybody knows someone like that. Yeah. Someone who's just had everything handed to him doesn't know how it freaking actually works and just thinks everything is theirs. Um, so, but he just plays it so well. And then, you know, he's immediately the victim like that. Flick of the switch. Yeah. You know, so. And you believe him. Does so well. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and you believe him that he had nothing to do with it. And, daddy. You know, yeah. they were building his birthday train set all day. So it couldn't have been him. Well, Pee Wee leaves, and it is revealed that Francis did, in fact, take Pee Wee's bike, but he paid somebody to do it. Of course he did. This guy looked like a, you know, a, a greaser from the 50s, you know. Just give me my money. Let's just get rid of the bike. Now, the heat's on him, so he's giving it up now, so. Well, yeah, it's one of a kind. Yeah, so... Pee-wee's depressed, can't find his bike. Um, then he has the encounter with the street gang and scares them off. And then he meets a fortune teller named Madam Ruby, who tells him at the Alamo, in the basement of the Alamo. <laughs> Yeah. So, so Pee Wee embarks on a trip to the Alamo. Does, does never says where Pee Wee lives, does it? Mm, no, not really. I don't think so. So he um, first meets a guy that's escaped jail, who still has the handcuffs. 
cut on his wrist. Well, he shouldn't have cut the goddamn tag off of that mattress. All right. Yeah. Living on the edge, you get yeah. pinched. That's how that works. And I love how they approach the police checkpoint. And Pee Wee's like, I have an idea. Yeah. Dresses up like a woman. Where he has this stuff is beyond me. Hey, I mean, well, they got a stolen car, so we probably had it in the car. They just happen to have a wig and... I mean, the clothes, I understand, but the wig, but... I mean, if it's a woman's clothes, yeah, you never know. Lots of women can wear wigs. Nothing wrong with that, but I agree. It was the 80s, not the 1900s, you know. (laughs) And the police stops them, shows them a picture of the... um, Escaped felon, who is now wearing a pair of glasses. Can I go as Superman? Yep. Clark Kent. And Pee-wee is acting as his wife. Oh, honey. Oh, such a creepy-looking guy, you know. The next part was a little disturbing. When the police officer asked Pee-wee to step out of the car so he could take a look at that adorable little outfit that he's wearing. (laughs) It's 80s. It's a comedy movie. Yeah. And I'm sure shit like that happened back in the 80s. Oh, yeah, I'm sure it was worse than that. <laughs> um, so the escape convict drops Pee-wee off because it's too much heat. And next, Pee-wee meets Large Marge. A truck-driving woman who is scary to look at. It's scary to listen to. Mm-hmm. And they say she did not blink the entire time she was telling her story about the crash that she witnessed. Yeah, I, I believe that. So she, she drops Pee-wee off at a diner. And her last words are, Tell him Lodge Marge sent you. So... He does just that. He goes in and announces to the entire diner that Large Marge had sent him in. And the look on the face of everybody. Mm-hmm. It, that's when it was revealed Large Marge had died in an accident that one of the truckers had seen. Ten years ago that night! Yeah, that very day. And Pee Wee was riding in a truck with a ghost. So he eats his I mean, meal. I mean, at least it was helpful. Dropped him off somewhere useful. Yeah. Right. And he got to meet Simone. Yeah. I mean, that's that's the ghost I want picking me up in the middle of nowhere. <laughs> um, so he realizes he's lost his wallet. Has no money to pay. So like most comedy movies or movies in the 80s and 90s, what do you do? You do dishes. Mm-hmm. Did you ever have to do dishes for not paying for a meal? No one ever went anywhere without the intention of paying. I just, you know, had money and I paid. Yeah. Well, he had the intention of paying, but he didn't have his wallet. I'm a little bit more careful about where I leave my money. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, Simone asks him to watch the sunrise with her in the dinosaur roadside attraction. Um... And that's what we learned about her boyfriend. Mm-hmm. A big dude who sees him going up into the dinosaur with Simone and proceeds to chase him. 
until Pee-wee all of a sudden shows up at the Alamo. So, he's got to go through the tour, even though all he wants to do is know where the basement is so he can get his bike. And goes through the entire tour just to find out that there is no basement in the Alamo. Of course there's no basement in the Alamo. I mean, come on. You never know there could have been. There aren't very many basements when you get on this side of the Mississippi, unless it's for Tornado Alley. But So Pee-wee is defeated. Uh, calls Dottie, asks him, asks her to wire him a bus ticket. And only under the condition is if he will go to the drive-in with her. Well, she do it. And, well, going to get his bus ticket, Simone's ex-boyfriend, or he runs into Simone, who is going to Paris, France. Once again, another callback. To Paris. See how everything ties together around here? Um, he runs into her ex-boyfriend now. Who then proceeds to chase him around until he puts on the disguise of... Uh, Rodeo Cowboy. Yes. And a bandana to cover his face. Mm-hmm. Which then in turn he gets put onto a bowl and thrown off instantly... No, he stayed on for a little bit. He stayed on. He gave it a good run. Yeah. He (laughs) fell off, hit his head, and the bull proceeded to chase Simone's ex-boyfriend because he had a red shirt on. Mm Mm-hmm. Which I had to explain to Hunter that red shirts and bulls really don't mix, or red anything and bulls don't mix. So... Yeah, it doesn't matter. It's any color. Yeah. (laughs) A bull sees a big thing, he's going after him, so... Yeah. So... They ask Pee-wee if he remembers his name. He says no. Remembers where he lives. No. But what's the last thing you remember? The Alamo. Oh, yeah. And they all share. Ah, that's right, yep. That's like when he's talking to Dottie on the payphone. And she goes, you're not in Texas. And he goes, oh, yeah? When the stars are bright at big at night. And everybody... Deep in the heart of Texas, you know. Mm. Um, Stars have to be bright at night because they have no power. (laughs) (laughs) The comments released in this podcast do not reflect those of the podcast, just of the individual. It's not an opinion. That's a fact. (laughs) Um, Well, Pee Wee's laying in the hospital. And all of a sudden, he sees that a young boy has been given the bike on set. So Pee-wee's going to Warner Brothers Studios. So now we're in Los Angeles, apparently. Yeah. Uh-huh. Um, Pee-wee is looking around. And I love when they switch the voices of the, the like, space trooper and the... The Vegas yeah. showgirl. Yeah, the space you know. trooper there was the the son from uh, UHF. Oh, really? Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. Pretty sure. Looked a lot like him. 
pretty sure it was him. And I'm pretty sure they didn't switch his voice. I'm pretty sure he just has a high-pitched voice. <laughs> well, I looked at it as, as they switched the voices because then uh, the, the showgirl shows up and she's like, all right. No, I know. Yeah, He's no, over I, on lot six, you know. But yeah. I think they um, gave her a deep voice. So Pee-wee goes over to the set. The young boy played by um, uh, the brother from the one he is, yeah. Jason Hervey. And he's your typical snot-nosed. Another kid you want to punch in the face. Yeah. <laughs> you know. Just like Francis. Yeah. So the scene is he's being adopted and he wants to give his bike to the nuns, but he sold the magazines to get the bike. And they want him to keep the bike. But then Pee Wee dressed up as a nun. Yoink! Bye! <laughs> takes the bike, gets chased around the Warner Brothers lot, encounters security. Who bring golf carts. Yep. Who have to unplug the golf carts first, which I mm -hmm. thought was funny. And then one of them winds up in a boat. Yep. With, with then, water skiers on skateboards. Who he goes through a beach blanket party, which is how he gets the boat. Mm -hmm. Which then, in turn, goes through a Christmas scene. Yeah. Should we get Santa and the reindeer? Now we have reindeer, Santa, and a sleigh up behind the boat. Mm -hmm. Which then cuts through a Godzilla scene. And Godzilla ends up in the in the sleigh with Santa. Mm -hmm. And then ends up on the set of a Twisted Sister music video. Mm -hmm. Which they are all boggled by this high-speed chase going on. Which then leads to a Tarzan-like movie. And Pee-wee is able to swing across the, the water on his bike. Which was amazing. Absolutely. Totally. Um, totally plausible. Everything that happened in this movie is, you know, totally plausible. So Pee-wee escapes Warner Brothers only to find a pet shop on fire. Mm -hmm. Hunter absolutely loved this scene in The Little Pink Dog. So Pee-wee runs in, first frees the, the monkey who helps him. Well, take yeah, the monkey can help. Yeah, takes out all the dogs, takes out the chickens, the mice, the fish. And each time he goes in, he stops and looks at the snake. So apparently Paul Rubens is deathly afraid of snakes. Well, and a lot they, of people are. I am one of them. <laughs> I know. <laughs> <laughs> What's that behind you? <laughs> yeah. It's my biggest fear is walking out in the yard and finding a snake. But, uh... So, Tim Burton asked him to do the scene where he holds real snakes because they couldn't use fake ones, apparently. And Paul Rubens agrees to because he trusts Tim Burton. So, he finally comes out with all the snakes and he just faints. And the firefighters show up. I love that fire, that old school fire truck. No top, like. It says, oh, this boy's a hero in this cop's like This boy's under arrest. Did you notice that they crushed, like, three snakes when he knelt down next to Pee-wee? Yeah, he was about to, yeah. I, I saw yeah. one of them kneel. <laughs> yeah, but there was a few that was right next to him that he, I think he kneeled on, but... 
So they pull Pee Wee into the office of the head of Warner Brothers, I guess, and they work out a deal where, in exchange for Pee Wee's story, they'll let him go. So we're back in his hometown, and he's back with his bike, and he's at the at the drive-in with Dottie, and. He's walking out of the snack bar with a bunch of food and you know, you see almost every character that he encountered on his trip. The producer or whatever he is, the head of Warner Brothers there. Yeah. Um, the hobo. The hobos. Oh, we, we didn't talk about the hobo when he's on the train. Mm-hmm. And the um, the convict who's in a prison bus. <laughs> yeah. He tries to sneak him a chili dog with a file in it. Uh-huh. Um, the hobo's got snow cones. Yeah, and they started their own little fire. <laughs> <laughs> They're all sitting on blo- uh, uh, box seats. Yeah, box seats. Hey, box seats, Pee Wee. Um, the motorcycle game. We didn't talk about that scene where. Ah, yeah, tequila. When he goes into the um, the motorcycle bar and he's making a phone call and they're all I'm talking. Trying to use the and you notice anybody familiar in there? Um, no, I don't remember. Cassandra P- Cassandra Peterson, best known as Elvira. Played the biker mama. Oh, uh, yeah, that makes sense. Well, I don't and, recognize her because I'm not used to seeing her without yeah. the makeup. Um, so they say, you know, we're going to kill you. Any last request? And he's like, don't I get a last request? And this is where he plays tequila. Tequila. And he borrows the shoes from the, the cook, which the cook <laughs> shrinks down. Like drops like a like two, Yeah. Um. So funny scene. Then he ends up on a motorcycle. You know, they're like, "Good luck, Pee Wee." So, so they're at the movie premiere at the drive-in. Throws them a bunch of candy, and then he goes to his date, Dottie, on her bike with his with Pee Wee's dog and the pink-haired dog. Yes, and this whole time they're showing the movie up on the on the screen. Yes. James Brolin playing P.W. <laughs> Morgan Fairchild playing Dottie. Yes. His and bike is now the X1 motorcycle. <laughs> and he's fighting off ninjas. And then we see Pee-wee's big break in the movie when he plays the bellhop. <laughs> Paging Mr. Herman. Mr. Herman, you have a phone call at the front desk. Yeah. Um... So, Pee-wee is, doesn't need to watch the end of the movie because he's lived it. He lived it. But our old friend Francis shows up and with news crews and, oh, uh, Phil Hartman, who was one of the writers. Um, I didn't realize that he was one of the writers. I never realized that about this movie till. Doing the research for this. Well, you, you know why he's a writer, right? Why? Because he was Swami. Oh, yeah, that's right. Well, this came later on. 
Yeah, I mean, this, I mean, this... Pee Wee's Playhouse came later on. Huh. So, um, so Pee Wee is rides off into the sunset with Dottie. You see them riding across the screen at the drive-in, and with a newfound appreciation for his community and the importance of friendship. And thus ends Pee-wee's big adventure. Um, it was an adventure. It did span a few sequels, Big Top Pee-wee in 1988. There was a Pee-wee's Big Holiday special in 2016, which I believe was on Netflix. I don't know if it still is or not. But it also came from the Pee-wee Herman Show and Pee-wee's Playhouse, which was something I believe we grew up on with Shwami and Cherry and Conky and King of Cartoons and Cowboy Curtis. You know. Um, uh, Captain Carl. That was his other character. Yes. Um, yeah, that's why. No, because he was, he was also he was Captain Carl in the original Pee Wee Herman show, which yes. is why he was a writer for the movie. Um, so, what did you think of the setting, sending um, Pee Wee to the Alamo, Warner Brothers? What are your thoughts on? I mean, it was you know a fun, wacky way to do a you know road trip style heist style comedy movie. You know, yeah. Um, so, I mean, that they say that, you know, everybody nowadays that goes to visit the Alamo asks if there's a basement. <laughs> yeah. And I, be I believe the diner is still up, and they have the plaque with Large Marge on there. Probably. Um, so, how did you feel about the runtime of an hour and 30 minutes? It's a movie. It should be about 90 minutes. <laughs> did you feel it was too slow, too long? No, Perfect I mean, timing. even though it's this is one of those where I guess, you know, it could be kind of slow if you've seen it too much. Um, but it's been a while since I've seen it, so. Yeah, I, I, I felt it was perfect at 90 minutes. It flew by. You know, next thing you know, we're at the pet shop and he's saving the animals. And I was like, oh, crap, that's almost the end of the movie. Um. So I mean, you you actually interrupted me while I was watching it to text me to film the you know record this early. So I actually yeah. paused it at that point and <laughs> went outside and played with the dogs for like an hour and then went back and watched the movie. <laughs> um. So how how about the concept of the movie? I mean, it's it's kind of fun because it's kind of meta in its own way yeah. before it was you know a thing. And I mean, it's, you know, I forgot that it was a Tim Burton film. Um, but I mean, seeing everything else Tim Burton's done since, it's like, even if you didn't, if you don't read the credits watching it as you're watching it, yeah, it, it's quite apparent that it's a Tim Burton film. Just, you know, the, the way he sets the moods and the music and yeah. the way he films people and, and can take the not so creepy and make it, you know, it's not... Like, like the magic stuff, it's not over-the-top creepy, but there's enough sense of foreboding and dread when you're in there 
and the guys laugh at it. Just like as a little kid, I can remember thinking, like, I'd never go into one of them goddamn stores. <laughs> yeah, and especially yeah. with characters like the Escape Convict and Large Marge, it gives you that little sense of terror, but not too much. Yeah. So I mean, yeah, well, when you're Escape Convict, you know, cut a tag off of a mattress. It's <laughs> you know, <laughs> Justin. That's not what he did. That's funny. That's what he said he did. Yes, I know, but that's funny. But, yeah. Because that used to be a thing back in the day, remember? That's No, that was for the, you know, the factory workers. It doesn't matter. It still said it on the on the thing. Do not cut off the tag. Yeah, I, I live by that code of law, that law. I'm pretty sure it still does. Uh, maybe it does. So... The uh, do you think this movie would hold up today? If this was filmed right now, without anything from Paul Rubin's past, like if Paul, this was, they definitely wouldn't release it after you get bagged for yeah. public masturbation. But um, <laughs> but do you think a movie like this could be made yeah. today? I don't know. I, I don't think they I, I don't think it would it, it would be geared towards adults if they did. No. I don't think this movie was really geared towards I think adults. he may he would have made it for kids. Yeah. <sighs> and there might have not been any large marge or Yeah. It would have changed some, that's for sure. Like it seemed like it was geared towards kids, but with certain elements that would like adults would get like the cutting off the tag of the mattress and is there a basement in the Alamo? And when he says, like, they don't teach you that kind of thing in school because that's not important. <laughs> like, um, so how about the acting? I think nobody else could play Pee Wee Herman. Well, no, no, nobody could. He created the character. He, I mean, it's just, it's, I mean, it, it's one of those things that this movie does a good job of. You know, keeping the humor going and poking fun of itself. Um, yeah. Whereas, with, even with such an, an over-the-top character like Pee-wee really is. Because, yeah. like, like, Pee-wee, I, I don't think, like, I don't think that a human could actually survive as Pee-wee Herman. <laughs> you know? <laughs> I, I, I don't think they make it through childhood. Um, no. But, I mean, everybody did, you know, they did a good job. It was, yeah, it, it, kept, it keeps you, it kept you entertained. It kept, keeps you in there. It wasn't, you know, there wasn't, you know, any obvious, you know, anybody phoning it in or anything like that. Yeah. Um, I think if Pee Wee grew up when we grew up as a kid. Dressing like that, that would probably be along the lines of an ass whooping. I'm sure he would have been bullied, but you know, it's to have that childlike mentality as an adult, it's something we all need, you know? Mm. So what do you rate Pee Wee's Big Adventure? 
I'll give it a 3.75. Okay. I went um, three and a half stars. It scored a 87 on Rotten Tomatoes, a 3.5 on Letterboxd, and a 7 out of 10 on IMDb. Uh, I'm pretty sure with his recent passing, this movie has been revisited a lot. Yeah, probably. That's why it's not available for streaming yet. <laughs> yeah. They don't and pay for it. <laughs> especially with Warner Brothers' 100th anniversary, they're re- putting, reissuing all their classics, I guess. I wouldn't be surprised if this comes out. I don't even know if it's on Blu-ray or... I don't think it is. It might, I know it's on DVD, but... Um, have you seen any of the sequels, Big Top Pee Wee or... Yeah. I watched Big Top Pee Wee and Benicio de Toro. Uh, Pee Wee's Playhouse I, Christmas. I have watched that new one that he put on Netflix a couple years ago with, uh, yep. what's that guy's name? Uh, uh, anyway, um, that one wasn't very good. <laughs> yeah. um, I don't think I've seen it. I know Joe Manganello. That's it, Joe Manganello. That's the guy. Oh, so that's a newer one then. Yeah, older than that. Was, that was after I moved here. So that's okay. The last probably three or four years. Okay. Well, it'll be interesting to see if it's still on Netflix. Um, I believe Pee Wee's. Playhouse is on Amazon, unless I bought it, but, all right, so I believe that concludes Pee-wee's Big Adventure. It does. What do we have coming next week? Next week, we will be covering 2014's Digging Up the Marrow, starring Ray Wise and Adam Green. It is a mockumentary about a guy that finds the marrow, which is where monsters live, and tries to get a film director to buy the story. It's it's pretty interesting. Um, Adam Green directed it, starred in it. Uh, it is based off the art of Alex Pardee. So it's a good movie. You've never seen it before, correct? Nope. I think you'll like it. A few jump scares. Um, the monsters are amazing that they created. And the bar is now closed. Be sure to subscribe so you don't miss a single episode every Friday. And don't forget to follow us on Facebook at the Movie Bar Podcast, Twitter slash X, whatever it's called nowadays, and Instagram at the Movie Bar Pod, TikTok at the Movie Bar Pod, where you can find clips from the show. And different things we post. And be sure to visit our website, moviebarpod.com. Plus, if you have any movie recommendations or want to share your thoughts, hit us up at the movie bar pod, at the movie bar at outlook.com. We'd love to hear from you. Thank you for joining us on this cinematic adventure. Remember, we're just movie fans like you sharing our love for the silver screen. Until next time, keep watching and enjoying those movies. And we'll see you at the bar. Bye. Bye. Ah. <laughs>